scriptures concerning himself. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we see that in the scriptures there are things concerning God, concerning Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not everything that is there that is God or godly or describes God appropriately, right? Okay, so uh, continuing from where we stopped the last time, we're going to... Okay, so we're talking about the character of God and we said there's no heart in the character of God. God doesn't have anger. Okay, so continuing from where we stopped, uh, the wrath or the anger identified with God is found in man's unbelief. If a man does not believe in the salvation God has provided in his son, then the absence of that salvation keeps the man in judgment, in vengeance, or in wrath. I think that was where we stopped last time. So therefore, it is the absence of the power of God that is where you find wrath. In the presence of the power of God, there is no wrath. Let us see James chapter 1, verse 13 to 20. So if you get it also, you can read for us. One, thirteen to twenty. Yeah. When tempted, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when to his own sinful desire is drawn away and enticed. Mm. Then, after has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like his shadows. So we see. So God does not change. Right? He does not say one thing today and then tomorrow he's like, okay, because of what you did, I'm going to change. Mm-hmm. Or just just because I want to change, you know, I just don't care, I just want to change. You know? I, uh, God is not like that. So, the question is, where do we find wrath? And we, when we started, we found the first mention of wrath only in Genesis, when we talked about Cain. And when Cain made an offering, and Abel made an offering, and God accepted Abel's and uh, he did not accept Cain. So you ask yourself, so okay, so why why would they make an offering to God and then God will not accept it? So in the first place, you have to understand that God didn't ask them for an offering. Right? So the question now is, so what were they doing? So based on a little insight, I'm going to tell you a little bit of what I understand they were doing. So you see, you remember Adam and Eve, they were preached the gospel to, right? And they didn't accept, they had unbelief, right? And that was how, because they were given the specific instruction from God, they didn't accept it. Sin came into the world. You see, if you go to the Bible, you see, and then they'll say that uh, even those people who did not sin according to the sin of Adam, they were still under the rule of sin and death, mm. right? Yeah, so the sin of Adam and Eve was that God spoke to them, God preached the gospel to them, and they didn't accept it. But he didn't tell it to everyone, but remember that they are the carrier of the seed of humanity. So, in extension, touch everyone, right? Okay, so, now, Adam and Eve, uh, Eve and Adam must have talked to their children 
about God's instruction because I mean when they failed they would have realized that yeah we didn't do good okay so this is uh, they, they must have preached the gospel to their children now Abel from his sacrifice which was honorable means that Abel accepted or believed in that gospel in that message Cain did not believe so if you look at the significance of their sacrifice Remember, what God preached to them was what? Christ, right? And remember Christ, huh? yes, in the, in the types and shadows preached to them was Christ. Yes, so he preached to them that Christ is the tree of life, right? To uh, Adam and Eve. God preached, yes. preached them Christ? Yes. yes, he preached them Christ. Why? Why do I say this? You see, Christ is not a reaction of God to the fall of Adam. Because remember, God already knows what would happen from the, from the beginning to the end. He knows, right? So he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. So he knows. And so he made already a plan to redeem man. So he goes and tells Adam and Eve, this is what is going to happen. I'm going to redeem you. Right? And Adam and Eve, in their own belief, they did not believe him. They were like, ah, this guy. We, we don't accept what you're saying. Because remember, Christ is, is the life. Right? Now, the devil comes and tells them that, no, the day you eat this thing, so that is a, a picture, it's a significance, it's a, it's a story. The devil comes and tells them, no, the day you eat this thing, you'll be like God, and all those things, and all those things, and all those things. But, okay, I, I've, I've talked about this before. I even have uh, a study on this. But just to clarify you, Isaac, so God comes and he, and he preaches Christ to these guys. Now, they didn't accept that message. And so it brings unbelief, because that is unbelief, which springs sin. And sin leads to death. Okay, now, they get removed from paradise. Right? So when they get removed from paradise, they told their children this same thing God has told them about Christ. Why do I say they tell their children? If you look at the significance of the things they did, remember Christ was given as a sacrifice, right? So if you see the, the sacrifice of Abel, Abel does a sacrifice of blood. And Cain does a sacrifice of fruits and stuff. So showing you that Abel, he had the message and he believed it. That someone will carry my sin or someone will atone for me remember in the law of moses they had to put their hand on an animal and put their sin on that animal which was also a significance of christ carrying our sin right so remember there was no law at that point but abel did that so therefore he believed that someone could carry his sin and so he does that in significance now cain doesn't believe that and so he does what he thinks is right. Now, God accepts that. He didn't accept it because it was a sacrifice of blood. He accepts it because Abel believed and he acted in belief. That, is, that, was, that was shown by what he did. Now, Cain didn't believe and he acted in unbelief, also shown by what he does. And so because this guy is in belief, God accepts him. This guy is in his own belief. 
And then he's angry. He's like, ah, why did you accept this one? And, accept? and then God tells him, if you do the right thing, will you not be accepted? If you believe, will you not be accepted? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're seeing the picture. Yeah. So if you believe, will you not be accepted? Yeah, but him, he's already too angry. He goes and he kills his brother. Thinking the problem is with his brother. The problem is not with his brother. The problem is with him. Because if you go in the middle of something, that the wicked one, the evil one, came and enticed Cain. And Cain kills his brother in anger. So him, he's thinking the problem is with his brother. It's not with his brother. It was with him. He did not believe. And he acted in unbelief. Okay. So that is what happens in that place. Okay, so uh, you won't find it in the Bible, actually. <laughs> but if you go through scriptures and with your understanding of God and Christ, you will begin to see this thing. I'm telling you, if you go study your Bible, you come back tomorrow and you tell me, okay, this thing you are saying is true. But we have another, when we go forward uh, in subsequent lessons, I will also expand more on this on this point. Yeah, but I'm just trying to give you a picture of rats, right? Okay, so. Uh, Cain is the first mention of rats, right? When we look at the Bible. <laughs> now, uh, like I told you, it began the moment he didn't believe the gospel that he received. So, let us see Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, before we continue. Okay. Verse 3. Hmm? By verse 3, Hebrews 11, verse 3. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Mm -hmm. So that what was formed, eh? sorry, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Okay, continue to 4. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain. Uh-huh. What is By faith, he was commended. He was called. He was commended as a righteous man. Mm. God spoke well of his offering. Okay, let me start over. Okay. I'll start from verse three. Mm. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what was what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offering. Hmm. And by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. Okay, hold on. So if you look from there, you might not understand the clear picture. Let me read from the Message Bible hmm. so that you see what I saw. Verse 3, by faith we see the word called into existence by God's word. What we see created what we don't see. Uh, what we see created by what we don't see, sorry. Four, by an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. Now, what happened? It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. Mm -hmm. It says here, it was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. So, if Cain had believed and he would have brought... Whatever it was that he brought, he would have still been accepted. But the problem was, he didn't believe. 
So Abel didn't do anything to him. It was himself. He didn't believe. So not what he brought that made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. So you see, it was what Abel believed, not what he did. Yes. So even Ken could have also done the same thing Abel did. But if he didn't believe, if he didn't have that belief, it would have been useless. He would have also not have been approved. So God was not looking for blood or animal. No. God was looking for belief. Whosoever believes in him should not perish. Perish is the absence of God. If God is not there, perish. Yes. Because man has already fallen. Uh, if we go for that, you will see where I, where I wrote this down. You see, man has already fallen. So let's say someone is drowning. Right? Someone is drowning. Now, if you bring a boat and say, give me your hand, uh, and the person gives you his hand and you draw him out, he won't drown. But if you say, give me your hand, and the person refuses to give you his hand and he drowns, are you the one that drowned him? No. So it is the same thing. Man is already perishing. God comes and says, God, get on this boat and you'll be saved. If you accept and get on the boat, you'll be saved. If you don't accept, you'll be damned. So you can't come and say that anger is caused by God. No. You're already existing in wrath. You're already existing in anger. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of a scripture in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, mm-hmm. verse 1. Is it verse 1 verse 2? It says, By nature, you were children of wrath. Mm-hmm. So, like you were saying, like, because we're living in a foreign state, mm-hmm. so by nature, we are all heading towards. Destruction. Yeah, yeah, but Christ comes mm-hmm. to offer a rescue. Yes. So, so you don't come to God and say, "No, it is God that is causing the problem." Yeah. No, God is the one bringing the escape. He's the one bringing the rescue. He's not causing the problem. Man already created the problem for himself. Yes. yes. Okay. So. So vengeance is found or appeared in sin and the tool of sin is death we also see that one in genesis we read genesis chapter 5 and 4 from 5 to 8 this is chapter 4 verse 5 to 8 i said vengeance is found or or appeared in sin and the tool of sin is death genesis chapter 4 we can start to read from verse 5 to 8 Mm. Five to eight. So I'm going to read from the message. Time passed. Cain brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Abel also brought an offering, but from the firstborn animals of his herd, choice cuts of meat. God liked Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering didn't get his approval. Cain lost his temper and went into a sulk. God spoke to Cain. Why this tantrum? Why the sulking? If you do well, won't you be accepted? If you don't do well, sin is lying in wait for you, ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. Uh, skip to verse 10 and to, uh, to 12. God said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is calling to me from the ground. From now 
on you will get nothing but curses from this ground you'll be driven from this ground that has opened its arm i, I want you to pay attention to what is going on here so you know people people think god cursed cain god didn't curse cain pay attention god said what have you done the voice of your brother's blood is calling to me from the ground from now on you get nothing but curses from this ground he didn't say i curse you you will be driven from this ground that has opened its arms to receive the blood of your mother brother you will farm this ground but it will no longer give you the best you'll be homeless you'll be a homeless wanderer on earth now look at what cain says in verse 13 and 14. cain said to god my punishment is too much i can't take it so are you so the question people people usually think that god was punishing cain for killing abel no god was not punishing cain for killing abel because of what cain did this is the punishment for what he did it wasn't god punishing him i don't know if you get it from where god told him see because of this thing you have is like it's like someone doesn't read his book right an exam comes and then you tell the person because you didn't read your book you will fail is it you that is failing the person no because he didn't read his book he will fail so because of this thing you have done this is what is happening to you yeah. but people think god was cursing Cain. god wasn't cursing Cain. it was what he did that was paying him okay and actually just to add on that someone mm. you, you're going to find that you know god protected Cain. yes god protected him if you continue reading yeah. you will see yeah. because he said now i'm going out of your presence mm. and whoever finds me will kill me and then god says not so you know yeah whoever whoever is going to kill you will bear the the, the thing that is on you on you yes you know, on, himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. on himself yeah so you see that in as much as the consequences on Cain. Cain was afraid of dying, like mm. according to his words, mm. you know, I'm going out of your presence as a wanderer and whoever mm. finds me will kill me. Mm. So you see that, you know, he's afraid of something. And mm. then God is like, he protected him mm. according to what he said. So, like you're saying, it's so true. Yeah. So just if, a if he was the one, if he was the one cursing him, why protect him again? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, man produced the first rat, which we found in Genesis chapter 4 which was insane and man also multiplied that rat right so now the misunderstanding of god will come from men right but the correction of who god god is the misunderstanding of god's character will come from men but the understanding or the correction of that understanding of who god is will have to come from god because god is the only one that corrects it right it's like someone says evil against you to someone else. Another person can't come and correct them. They have to experience you for themselves to be able to correct their impression about you. So we have a, a, a biased understanding of God. Only God can correct that understanding. And that is why Christ came. Now let us see John chapter 1 verse 18. John chapter 1 verse 18. If you get it, you can read for us. No one, no one has ever seen God, but mm. God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has mm. made him known. Okay. But 
God, the one and only. John chapter 1, verse 18. Okay, also let us see chapter 5, the same John, chapter 5, verse 37. What does it say? And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form. Mm. Okay, so that brings me to the question. So which voice did they hear? What did they, the children of Israel hear? And which form did Moses see? It's a question you have to think about since you have never heard his voice or seen his form. So what was Moses and the children of Israel seeing and hearing? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so yeah, go, go and do your research about it. Okay, so let us also see John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 6 to 9. Anyone? John 14, 6 to 9. Okay, verse 6 to 9, and I will read. So in, in the King James, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I will read from the message. Jesus said, I am the road. Also the truth, also the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him. You've even seen him. Verse 8, Philip said, Master, show us the Father, then we will be content. Verse 9, and just answered, You've been with me. Jesus answered, uh, You've been with me all this time, Philip, and you still don't understand. To see me is to see the Father. So how can you ask, where is the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you aren't mere words. I don't just make them up on my own. The Father who resides in me crafts every word into a divine action. Hallelujah. So, that was just guys in this all these places we read. Just guys is telling us that he is what he is the Father. So, in in session we can say that Jesus Christ is the accurate, complete, exact, and comprehensive revelation of the Father. Remember, God is what invisible and He dwells in inapproachable light. But Jesus Christ is the revelation of God. So, how can you say you have seen that which is invisible? I mean, so someone comes and says, I come from that which is invisible. In fact, he lives in me. And the people are doubting him. And they're like, no, how can you be, you know? And they're asking those kind of questions. Still show us the Father. And he's like, eh, I'm here and you're still looking for me. Yeah, okay. So, this guy is the accurate, complete, exact, and comprehensive revelation of the Father. So, he reveals the Father's nature. And character towards man. The father's nature and character towards man, whether the man is righteous or unrighteous, it reveals, Jesus Christ reveals God's character to him. And if you see from the life of Jesus, you will see how he acted both towards the righteous and the unrighteous. And you see, most of the time he acted in what? Love, right? So the father has love for, for, for us. So when you see Jesus, he corrects our impression. And the revelation concerning God. So, in conclusion, Jesus is God speaking to us about Himself. 
and Jesus is God manifested among men. So, to understand the character of God, you have to understand Christ. Yes. So, it is not only the things you have read from the Old Testament that, that, that you say, okay, this is God. And then you go to the other and you say, okay, this is also God. And then you say, okay, so God can change, God can do this, so God can be angry, God can also not be angry. No! Because God is consistently constant. God does not change. Right? Since God cannot change, so... What was happening in the Old Testament and what is happening in the New Testament, you have to use the light of the New Testament or the revelation of Jesus Christ to take a look at what is happening in the Old Testament for you to be able to see which one is really God in it. Like Jesus Christ was pointing out to those guys things concerning himself. So it's not everything that concerns himself. So there are things that are there that the devil has done. There are things that are there that men have done. And in total, it's not God. Right. And then we start to confuse about God's character. Hallelujah. Okay, so, also, you see that people also expect evil from God. But we already read in James chapter 1, right, that God does not have evil, he does not, he does not change, he does not, uh, he's not two-faced, etc., etc. He does not tempt and all those things. Yes, but, but you see, if you read in the Old Testament and you see this, those stories, you start to think, yeah, but maybe God can tempt, like for example, Job. You know, you say, ah, and God, uh, and all those things. Or you, or you see that God took away his sins, and, and you start to wonder, is this how God is? But we see that God has no evil. So if it leads to evil, if it ends to evil, or if it, if it even comes from evil, if it is even remotely evil, it is not God. Because God is the father of light. And all his gifts are light. So if there is any shadow, is not there. Right. Okay, so let us see Job chapter 3. When the one was giving an example of uh, a light and a shadow, there's an illustration you made last time mm. trying to explain that when there is light, you cannot find shadow. Is it true? Yeah, I think last, last, last week we talked about that. And also mm. last year when we started this topic of who God is. Ah. And you remember that. Okay, so let us see Job 3, 24 and 26. So if you get there, you can read for us. Yes, I read. Yes, and 26. From Sign. How do you read Sign. 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 Yes. Oh, yeah. Sign. Yeah. Mm. So from sign comes instead of my bread and my groaning up poured out of you know up poured out like water. From the thing that I say comes upon me and for for what I dread befalls me. Mm. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, the trouble mm. Hallelujah. Okay, we also see Job chapter 1, verse 5. What happened? You know? So in Job chapter 1, verse 5, it tells us that Job's children. Oh my God. Okay, someone who is there. Okay, so I'm going to read. So he says that his sons used to take turns hosting parties in their homes. I'm reading from the message. 
always inviting my network is giving trouble now okay there's someone who is there the sons used to take turns holding feasts mm -hmm. in their homes and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them mm -hmm. when the period of feasting had run its course job would send and have them purified mm -hmm. early in the morning he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them thinking perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. Okay, so you see, Job was always expecting evil from God. He always, he always had that fear. fear. Like, yes, and he always expected evil from God. Now, the question is, why was he always doing that? Because if you read it, you would think that that is how God is. From Job's perspective, you see his picture. His picture is that if you do evil, God will, uh, if you sin, God will come and visit you with evil. Right? If you look at his thinking, that's what he's thinking is. So, he expects evil from God. So, why? Because of the things that men have said and done <coughs> on the behalf of God. So, men have said and done things on the behalf of God. If you read, uh, also if you read further in Job, he said that, I have lived by rumors of you. So, these are the things that he has heard. And you know, people come and say, no, it was God that did it to, you know. That's uh, what his friends used to, used to tell you. Exactly. Like, yeah, you've sinned against God. Uh -huh. This, 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 this. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was the thing. So he was living by rumors of who God is. So these things come from the things men have said and done on the behalf of God. Like you find some preachers, they'll be like, no, I'm a man of God, I'm going to curse you. Mm -hmm. And you think God curses. Right. And if you go by that knowledge, you will start to think in what happened to Cain, God was cursing him. Mm. You see? Okay. So he was, ah, I'll curse you, or this, or that. You see? And why? Because of the things men have done. Okay, let me give you another one from the Bible. Elijah, or was it Elisha? They, some soldiers came to arrest him. And they said, man of God, come down from the mountain. And I was like, if I be a man of God, let fire come down and consume you. And fire came down and consumed them. Right? So he's doing something, and he's doing it on the behalf of God. Right. So you think, ah, since fire came down, God is really with this guy. And so God is fire like that, right? So these are the things that have formed our opinion of God, right? So, but if we read James chapter 1, verse, from verse 13 to 19, James chapter 1, 13 to 19, let us see what that place says again. So, don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say, God is trying to trip me up. If you have King James, you can read, read for us. I have NIV. Oh, yeah, read. Uh, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For mm -hmm. God cannot, cannot be tempted by evil, no. Uh -huh. Does he tempt anyone? But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Okay. So the error concerning God can be found in the things we say also. So let us see uh, James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Okay. So that's what someone is saying. And you think, okay, yes, because when you face trials it's coming from god right and i don't know he said, he said consider it pure joy so read verse 12. 
Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that has that God has promised to those who love him. Okay. So if you hear this, you will think it's talking about if you pass through trial, God God is going to give you a reward. So God is trying you so he give you a reward. You think it's an exam. Right, God is giving you an exam so he can give you a reward. Also, see verse 18. 18. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first, first fruits of all he created. Okay, so we've seen this thing from the sayings right, we've seen here now that when you are tested, you should rejoice because when you come out of it, God will give you a reward. And so, in your mind, you have a picture God is the one. But verse 13 tells us, what, what does verse 13 tell us? When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But okay. each one is tempted when by his own evil desire is dragged away and enticed. Verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, from mm. the heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadows. Okay. So you see now, it has told you who God is. But from the things that were being said earlier, you paint a picture in your mind and think, when you are being tempted, God is the one testing you, so that when you come out, He'll give you what? <laughs> but it's just not that temptation, testing does not come from God. And that when God gives you a gift, He will come tomorrow and take it away. That's what that person is saying. Every good and perfect gift. If a gift is good and perfect, it's not going to be taken back. So why would he give you a good amount and then he takes it back? For what? So you see, so that saying is not talking about God. So what, what is God's role in temptation now is the question. Quite alright, when you come out of temptation, you receive a reward. God gives a reward. But God is not the one tempting you or creating the temptation. Temptation comes from man. Temptation comes from the devil. It doesn't come from God. Because in temptation, there is a tendency to fail. Right? And God cannot give something that has evil in it. I think there's a time I was also saying. You know, temptation and testing. People be like, ah, testing is from God, tempting. It's the same. Yeah, so it's like, it's still the same. Because when you look at testing and tempting, both. Uh, demands you to to use your to exercise your free will. Yeah. So in exercising your free will, there is a probability that you might make a wrong decision uh-huh. and the right decision. Yeah. And in you make the <laughs> wrong decision, you know God would be responsible because uh-huh. it's the one who's who, who put in that you. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> like testing and tempting, just one and the same thing. Mm. Yeah. It's very very true. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, James chapter one verse fourteen talks about man that is not a believer. When you talk about uh, the person is taken away by their own loss, mm-hmm. that's someone who's not a believer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So James chapter one verse nineteen talks about the new creature who is conceived of the will of God. You can read verse nineteen. You can read James chapter one verse fourteen in your free time. Okay. So, uh, so now where does death come from, or where does evil or payment of evil comes from? It comes from sin. Sin pays debt. The wages of sin is debt. Yeah. So the payment of sin is debt. Or the reward of sin is debt. Okay. So we can see Romans chapter 6 verse 23. 
to cut it for short, Romans 6 verse 23. Romans 6 verse 23. Okay, I'm going to read from verse 22. But now that... Oh, okay. Now that you found that you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise, a whole healed, put-together life right now with more and more of life on the way. So work hard for sin. Listen to this. Work hard for sin your whole life. And your pension is dead. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. You see, so when you, when you do sin, or when you work for sin, or when what you do is sin, what you get is death. But God gives life, eternal life, real life. Right? That is God's own payment. Okay. So, <clears throat> if you also see... Oh, you can read in your own time, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 7 and also 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8. So God's intervention in the system of sin and death is a gift of eternal life, just like we read. Right? So sin and death is a system. You commit sin, death. Right? So God intervenes in that system and what does he do? He brings life. He gives eternal life as a gift. He's not forcing anyone to take it. Yeah, but he gives it. And he says, eternal life is available for you. The only condition is what? Belief. Only belief. And you are saved from that. So it is a gift that frees a sinner from his deserved salary. Or his deserved reward. Or his deserved payment. So, it is a gift without condition, based on the finished work of Christ. So, God is, God is not giving you the gift and saying, okay, if you, if you take this gift, it's because of you did this, you did this, you did this. No. Of course, your parents did this, this. No. He's giving it to you without condition. Right? Mm-hmm. So, it is a gift without condition, based on the finished work of Christ. So, He's not giving it to you just for nothing, for free. It's not that it didn't cost him anything. It cost Christ his death on the cross. You know, there was this saying when we were growing up, my mom would be like, uh, there's no free gift. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you a free gift. There's no free gift. Even Christ had to pay for our gift. Mm-hmm. Of eternal life. Yeah. There's no free gift. Exactly, there's no free gift. So it's all it's giving you guys is free. Man, look, look, look. Oh, there might be something, something else is taken from there. Yeah, so, you see, Christ paid for our gift. So, it's free to us, but it cost God something. You understand? Yeah, so it cost God something. It cost the death of Christ. So, the good and perfect gift of God is the new creation. James chapter 1, verse 17. So, all that God has done in Christ is the unfolding of his nature to us. So, God reveals himself to us in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So let us see Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. 11, verse 4. We've read that place earlier, but let's read it again. Mm -hmm. By faith, 
If Ibo offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, to which he was commended as righteous man, God commending him by accepting his gift. And through his faith, his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Mm, hallelujah. So, I think my version is really different for the version you have, right? Yes, the, 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 I'm reading from the Message Bible. Yes, and I like the way it said it. It said it is what he believed, not what he brought. I, I really like that part. Okay, also see verse 1. The same Hebrews, verse 1. Someone read. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, mm. and a certain of what we do not see. Okay, so mine says it is the fundamental fact of existence. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. That's the message Bible. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I usually, I really like to read like different versions, like and I have found most of the time like when I read this one, it helps me understand what King James is talking about most of the time. Or your version is King James? What I usually read is King James. Yeah, but when I read King James and then I go to message, like it shows me like a clearer, it's like the words are clearer, and when then the words help me understand what King James was talking about. Okay, so we saw already in Hebrews chapter one. Okay, let us see also First John chapter three verse ten, and somebody else bring John eight forty four. Okay, First John three verse ten. Someone get it. Okay, verse ten. By this, by this, it is evident who are the children of God. And who are the children of the devil? Mm. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who doesn't love his brother. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so John 8, verse 44. Please, you belong to your father the devil, mm-hmm. and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. <laughs> For he is a liar and a father, father of lies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that place you read from my place, it said that, that the people conceived and brought into life by God don't make a practice mm-hmm. of sin. How could they? God's seed is deep within them, making them who they are. Now listen to this. It's not in the nature of the God-begotten to practice and parade sin. It's not in the nature to practice and parade sin. So here's how you tell the difference between God's children and the devil's children. The one who won't practice righteous ways isn't from God, nor is the one who won't love brother or sister. A simple test is what it says. Okay, so... In from religious we've read, we've seen that there are two types of or two races, you know, race, right? Two races of man of of human. You know, people say we are all human, but there are two races of human. 
children of God and children of the devil. Because it talks about nature. They're talking about nature, right? Yes, it talks about yeah. nature. Mm-hmm. So they are the ones who naturally are of God. And they are the ones who naturally are of the devil. Mm-hmm. And how do you know these people? It tells us the ones that are of God, they do not practice sin. Yeah. They do righteousness. Yes. And they do righteous ways. Right? Now the ones that are of the devil, they practice and practice sin and they do not love their neighbor. Right. So if tomorrow you find someone is having beef with you for no reason, just know that you and him are not from the same, the same place. Exactly, you are not the same family. Okay, hallelujah. <coughs> so we cannot do things that make God react. Like I, I said before, right? God does not react. Even Christ that he gave was not a reaction. Because God knows from the beginning. Right. So God does not react. So we cannot do so you can't say you did something and God now say, Ah, because of this thing you did, I'm going to punish you. Mm-hmm. Or ah, because of this thing you did, I'm going to take away the things I gave you. No. Mm-hmm. God does not react because it is not in his disposition. In, in other words, he doesn't have the ability right, to react to what we are doing. Because he has already proacted. Is it Pre-acted before our action, he has already pre-acted. Yes, so he has already made the preparation. It's like predestination. Yeah, so you know where you're going. It's like, for example, you want to go to Beijing, right? You know the road to Beijing, and you put it on your map, Beijing, right? And you just keep going until you get to Beijing, following the map, right? It's different from someone just get on the road and say, wherever the road takes me, the road can take you to wherever it likes. So, you already know your destination, you've already predestinated, like you already decided, I'm going here. So, God has already planned what he's going to do. So, no matter what you do or you don't do, he knows where he's going. <laughs> yeah, so, he doesn't react to us, he's not in his disposition. Okay, hallelujah. So, we saw that in James chapter 1, verse 17. He is not two faced, right? And he doesn't have evil, he doesn't change. Okay, also James chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. We are coming to an end very soon. James chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. James chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. Right. Um, it reads, I'll start from 13. Mm. 15. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. Does not come down from heaven. But is okay. Let me start okay, from start from thirteen. Actually, start from thirteen. Yeah. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual of the devil. For should I go to sixteen? Yeah, seventeen. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, mm-hmm. then peace loving, mm-hmm. considerate, mm-hmm. submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial and sincere, peacemakers also increase when they harvest of righteousness. 
Amen. So let me read a little bit from 17. It says, real wisdom, God's wisdom from the message, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. That's where I wanted you to see, not two-faced. So if the wisdom coming from God is not two-faced, how can God himself be two-faced? Right? Yeah. If God is not hot one day and cold one day, how can you now, if the wisdom coming from God is not hot one day and cold, how can you now say God, who is the source of that wisdom, is cold one day and hot the next day? He likes you one day, the next day he doesn't like you for whatever reason you want to put. Right? So God is consistently constant. He doesn't change. Right? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So if you understand these things about God, if you understand the character of God, Trust me, you will have a more, uh, how should I put it, a more happy relationship with God. Right? For real. You have a more happy relationship with God. Because you won't, uh, you, won't, you, won't, you won't be in doubt of what God will do. You know, you won't say, ah, who knows what God will do in this situation. You, you will know exactly what He will do in that situation. Because you know who He is. You know his character does not change. Mm. So no matter the situation, you know ah, this is how God would do this. Mm. Right? Mm. So it gives you a security and confidence, the kind of peace that the world does not know. Right? Mm. The kind of peace the world does not know. Hallelujah. Mm. So mention of the wrath of God began after Moses and the law, but it is a presumption of man. So after Moses and the law, people start to mention and God was angry and God, 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 God. You know? Yeah. But it's a presum presumption of man. We have seen the character of God and all those things. Yeah. So it's a presumption of man. So we can also see, another way you can see the attribute of God is when you look at the attributes of the new creation. If you, if you read, have you read the gifts of the spirit? Did you find anger in it? Mm -hmm. So, how can the one whose spirit has no anger be now angry? Hallelujah. Amen. So, his attributes are in the new creation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, with this, I would like to come to the end of today's study. Uh, any question now? Or observation? Or